Hey, welcome to the Create a Life That Is Beautiful podcast. I'm your host, Letitia Ridge, and this is the space to be for high vibe people looking to create a beautiful life and business. Let's do this. Welcome back to the podcast, my beautiful friends. I am Letitia Ringe, your host, and as always, it is such a pleasure to be here with you all today. Today on the podcast, I am sharing a very special conversation with one of my beautiful clients, Alexia Colson Dupachi. Some of you might recognize her name as she has been on the podcast before. We will make sure we link her episode in the show notes to this episode. Alexia's company is called Bright Brains and she is a coach for aligned entrepreneurs. Today, I have brought her on back on the podcast so that she can share with us exactly what she's learned as she has scaled her business to six figures and what she's been learning as she scales her business from six figures to multiple six figures figures. I'm really excited to share today's episode as we dive into mindset in a very deep way. And what I'm super excited for you to see there is how mindset challenges are with us at every stage of the business journey. And what is so fascinating is that actually our mindset challenges that we have at the start of our business journey are the same at the end of our business journey. Not that there's even an end. They're just there all the time. They are present at every next stage. And the beautiful thing about that is that actually mindset challenges just show us that we're growing and they show us where and what the work is to do. So I think it's really beautiful just to see that if you are dealing with the same mindset issue that you thought you'd already dealt with and it's coming up again in your business journey, it's just because you're growing and actually it's a really beautiful thing that it is presenting itself to you. Because what happens if you are doing your mindset work is you become quicker at recognizing the mindset challenge popping up and you know what to do. It's time to do your mindset work. I'm also so excited for you all today because you get to hear from two business owners who have built six-figure businesses. And the reason this is so valuable is that if you're not yet at the six-figure stage in your business, you're going to notice how both Alexia and I talk and think about our businesses. This is really important because the work really starts with your mindset. And there is a gap between where you are right now in your mindset and where you need to be as a six-figure business owner. And if you already have a six-figure business, it's so helpful for you, again, to observe both Alexia and my mindset and the way we speak about our business so that you can see where your mindset is in check and on point right now and where the areas of growth might be. Now, the reason why it's important to talk about where we're at in terms of our financial results is not because the financial results are the most important thing in our business. The reason it's important is in order to earn more money in your business, you have to do two things. You need to provide more value and you need to be able to serve more people. Now, the only reason that we do not do these two things is because of our mindset right? So in order to create more results in your business, in order to step into next level receivership, leadership, and service, we can look to our financial performance to show us where those mindset challenges might be, which is 
the work in our business. So today, please pay attention to how both Alexia and I are talking about our business and let that help you see where the gap is in your own mindset. As I step into my seven-figure business, this is what I'm doing. I'm studying seven-figure business owners and the way that they think and the way that they speak about their business and themselves. And then I'm comparing that to the way that I think and speak about myself. And now I have the gap. Now I know what my work is. And now I'm going to get to doing the actual work to uh, make that gap a little less and a little less and a little less. And over time, that's what's going to help me to step into as a person who has a seven figure business, which means I provide seven figures worth of value and I'm able to hold seven figures worth of people in my business and serve them in the highest possible way. In today's episode, Alexia and I are also talking about when to roll out a group program. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode because Alexia is an example of someone who rolled out her group program at a really appropriate time for her and her business. And because of that, she had really great financial results. This was a very lucrative launch for her. And so I'm super excited for you to hear what her tips were and what she learned through that process. We also talk about delegating and not only delegating, but delegating as a self-confessed A-type control freak, which many of us are, and especially in business because we care about our businesses. I also offer some really good reframes if you are someone who identifies with the word control freak. We also talk about why you do not need sophisticated processes and systems in your business. And Alexia had her own experience with this and she's learned some really valuable lessons. And I 100% back everything she says here because what we often do is we compare ourselves to these people who have like seven figure to multi seven figure businesses when we're like at square one or not at the six figure mark yet. And so we focus on the wrong things in our business. We focus instead of doing the work on our mindset and focusing on the right problem to solve in your business right now. Instead, we try to solve all of these other problems that aren't relevant right now. Everybody, business is a long journey and the way that you strategically position yourself for the ultimate business you want is by focusing on solving the right problem right now and then allowing yourself to solve that first. And then once you've solved it, then you move on to the next thing. And this is why all of my programs are set up in a way where you're going to focus on the right thing at the right time in your business and you're going to solve the right problem. And then once you've done that, then you can go to the next thing. It's very, very important. Otherwise, you end up just making things longer and slower for you in the long run. We also talk about what happens when you find business boring. This is something that Alexia and I both went through and it's because our business had become very systematized and we'd also just found our groove in our businesses. And so we both had experienced this moment where things became boring. And so Alexia is really diving into her experience there. And I'm also sharing and reflecting on my experience when that has um, come up for me and how we've both moved through that. We also talk about waiting phases in your business and how to really help yourself when you are experiencing a waiting phase so that you don't run away or blow up your business or quit your business, which is what you will feel called to do from the mind 
very strongly when you're in a waiting phase or when you're finding business boring or uninspiring or insert whatever other term you would use in that situation. I'm so excited for you all to listen to this episode. You're all going to learn so much and I'm pumped for you to walk away feeling focused and inspired as you close that gap in your mindset between where you are and where you're being called to go next in your beautiful businesses. All right, everybody, without further ado, let's dive on in to the episode. Hey, Alexia, welcome back to the podcast. Hello, Leticia. How are you doing? I am so good. Hola from Mexico. Hello from France. (laughs) Yes. So Alexia, you have been on the podcast before and we had an amazing conversation all about your journey of moving from being a lawyer into coaching. Today, can you just give us a little bit of a summary for anyone who is totally new to you about you and your business, including like what you're offering, why you got started and who your business serves? All right, sure. Well, first, thank you for having me again on your podcast. It's 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 really a big treat because I'm a I'm one of your big fans. I love your podcast. So you know, feels pretty good to be a guest there twice. So thanks for that. <laughs> Pleasure. And for anyone who's not listened to my first interview with you, well, my I'm I'm a coach for entrepreneurs and for business creators. And I'm a former lawyer, so I'm basically your business twin sister, I'm afraid, Leticia. (laughs) It's true. It's all true. Yes. um, I, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm a former lawyer. I studied practicing law back in 2002. Yeah, this is definitely another life, life, life ago. Mm. And I did that for years, like I did it until 2015. And for all this time, I was torturing myself, trying to be a good lawyer, trying to be a happy lawyer, trying to be trying to fit in. And it never worked. And I couldn't understand why, you know, I had so many solutions. I was moving all over the world as an expat. I changed firms. I changed practices. I changed many things except for my mindset. <laughs> mm. and, and, and you know, break after break, a brain cell after brain cell, <laughs> I finally got to realize that it was okay to change, that it was okay to change completely <laughs> my professional orientation, that it was completely okay to actually follow what I wanted to do, which was to be of help, to be of assistance to to people who wanted to create something. And through my practice as a lawyer, I realized that I was really getting so much energy. I was getting so much inspiration around business owners. And then I just put all these elements together through many, many, many sessions of coaching, through many encounters with very inspiring people. And I became a coach for entrepreneurs. So yeah, it was 15 years in the making, but it's all worth it. And <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a business coach. I'm an author. I published my first book in French last year. And I'm also a motivational speaker. So, so worth it. <laughs> oh my gosh. So worth it. And I love how you mentioned that the only thing you didn't change was your mindset as you made all of these changes to like your circumstances 
And as we know in business, our mindset is so important as well. What would you say, like what, how important would you say as a percentage mindset is when it comes to growth in your business? Oh gosh, it's so essential. I I would say it's easily 85%, you know, Mm. Uh, I've got this, this image because I'm in the countryside right now, it's summer, and we've uh, we've got horses in the field next door to us. So our windows are covered in flies, and you just see those poor little flies all day, all night, trying to get out through the same way, tapping their poor little heads, breaking their <laughs> wings, exhausting themselves, trying to do the same thing over and over and over again. But it doesn't work. They're not changing. <laughs> They're not changing their mindset. They're not, they, they, they obviously don't have a coach. They're not looking at it from a different angle. And that's, it, it brings me back to my former life. You know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get the same results, basically hitting your head against a wall. And that's what it felt like for me. Um, and that's what it feels like for so many of my clients today who are building their businesses after having had brilliant careers in, in, you know, like high-level careers in law firms, in banks, in um, big corporations, and then they decide to be their own boss, and they freak out because they become the everything. You know, they they are the decision maker. They they are the source of every decision in their businesses, and sometimes it gets very scary because you keep doing the same things the only way you know, and and sometimes you need to change perspective, and to change perspective. You need to make tweaks in your mindset. Mm. Yes, and you and you hit the nail on the head with the flies, looking at it from the same angle. It's really hard to see what we need to change with our mindset when we're looking at it at the same way every single day and we actually think that this is just the truth. Like I'm just stating a fact here. This is just how the world is. And what you're saying is like if that fly has can just like shift its angle just a little bit and see that, oh, actually there's also like all of this here. Have you thought about this? Then now there's another avenue and possibility. And that's what that's the whole point of coaching everyone, which I think it's really important to always yeah, just to talk and remind ourselves as coaches and space holders, which is the majority of people who are listening to this podcast, just reminding ourselves of what the value of coaching actually is, because we can get into our heads about it as well. But like, this is it. It's so powerful. It is when someone can see another possibility in front of them, that literally changes everything because now they have another path to walk down than the one that they've been that that same brick wall that we've been walking into over and over again. And what's great yeah. to know is we we all do it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Because you think it's the only possible way. It's the only thing you know. And it's so hard to do it by yourself at first. And even mm-hmm. after having been coached for years, even though I've been a coach for quite a few years, I still find myself tapping my poor little head against the same window over and over again for some some in some areas of my life. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, massive learning curve. And that's what makes it exciting, right? Absolutely. Yes. I still invest in coaching, always will, because it's so important. It's it's something that it, it's not about getting to a destination. It's about continuing to have that support with you to keep seeing other possibilities around you. And, and that really is just abundance. 
So, Alexia, I would love to talk about over the past year, you have taken your business not only to six figures, but you've also now scaling your business to multiple six figures. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the ways that, which is, yeah, first of all, let's just celebrate you. Congratulations. That's a huge deal. And one of the ways that you've been doing that is through the launch of a group program. So you've been expanding your business model from a one-to-one model to one-to-one and a group program. And what I really saw in you is that you did that at the perfect time for you. Once you had an established client base, one-to-one, it was then the right moment to then bring on that group program. And because of the timing around that, you had really incredible results for the very first launch of uh, that group program. Can you share with us a little bit about what helps you to create um, an amazing first launch of that group program? Um, can I go back to the mindset? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you can. Like we said, or like I said, it's 85%. At least for me, it was 85% of what it took. You know, I don't know if you remember, but when I first came to you, uh, when I first picked you, I'm my, as my coach. Uh, and that was, when was that? 14 months ago, Leticia. At the time, Yeah, the big share of my revenue, of my business revenue came from business development for law Mm -hmm. firms. And I was starting to work more and more as a coach, mostly with lawyers who wanted to expand their businesses, to broaden their practices, or to, to, to rethink their career. And I just wanted to do more coaching, but I just didn't have the trust that I could do it. And then... I have to say it. I'm, I'm. I mean, I don't know how to make it sound like a positive thing, but through the magic of COVID, in a way, I ended up having a lot of French clients who wanted to work with a coach, and that was a big pivot for me. That that helped me pivot from business development specialist to coach for business creators. And mm. so I had to remind myself of that a few months ago. Well, actually, that was. Um, yeah, there was a few months ago when I thought, hang on, I actually don't want to do business development activities anymore. I want to put all my heart, all my focus, all my attention, my energy into coaching. That's where my zone of genius is. You know, that was my sweet spot. But I just didn't have any more time. Um, I, I'm, I'm a mom to two young children. Um, I I've been a workaholic for years. <laughs> um, <laughs> hi, my name is Alexia. I'm a workaholic. <laughs> um, and I could just see all the red lights. You know, I was like, hang on. If you start launching a new, new program for group coaching, when are you going to find the time for this? So I was very clear to myself. And I was like, look, you have to be willing to take a risk, to say no to your business development activities with law firms which is very lucrative. So it was not an easy, an easy decision to make. Mm-hmm. Then I had to be very clear when I had people calling me for one-on-one sessions to actually try and convert them uh, to, to, to my group sessions. And that mm-hmm. was not easy because I never done it before. So people didn't have any, um, they, they didn't have any testimonial. They didn't have anyone to talk to that could comfort them in the choice of working with me with a group and you know how it is people want the full service they want the deluxe version right and they yeah. believe that if they're part of a group as opposed to 
all by themselves with you, then the attention will be diluted. The quality of the work for or the quality of the expansion of the coaching will not be as impactful. And of course, well, you and I, we know that because we've been through group coaching, but I understand, I really understood their point of view. So I had to explain it to them. But to explain to, to them, I had to be very clear myself. So mindset for me was three things. I worked on three things. It was the willingness to be a trailblazer um, in the French coach community. Mm. The other one was trust, trust in myself. I had to put massive trust that I was the right person to help these people. That was the toughest one for me. And the third thing that really helped from a mindset perspective um, was to 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 pick the right mind expanders. I just love this concept of of um, of mind expanders. You know these people that inspire you, that open up ways for you, that take you to the next level just by doing what they do best. Mm. And then you compare their lives with yours, and you're like, okay, so what did they do? Okay, this is so inspiring. I could do the same. And they also went through the same struggles and the same doubts. Um, mind expanders is actually an expression that was coined, I believe, by uh, Lacey Phillips. Um, mm, expanders, that's her, that's what she calls it, expanders, yes, yeah. Expanders, and I just love that concept. It's, you know, I'm, you know my human design, right, I profile, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a protector. So the energy I receive directly or indirectly from other people is just, it's, it's gold for me. So I need that. So that was my three cornerstones, my three uh, building blocks really in terms of mindset. But then mm. there was also the practical, you know, the practical aspect of it. When, when you decide that you're going to uh, pivot, that you're going to change or, or to put all the focus on a new program, well, you need help. Um, so I, I hired a very small team, but a freelancer. So hire is not really the right word. I, I recruited a small mm-hmm. team of very efficient freelancers to help me with communications, to help me with day-to-day management for my business, which really helped me take a few steps back. Um, so that, for example, the law firms I was working with and I'm still working with, now I don't manage directly anymore. I oversee the management of their needs. And I've got someone doing that. So I'm always in the background. Nothing gets done without me giving the green light, but I don't execute it myself anymore. Uh, So this way they didn't feel abandoned. That wasn't the point. I needed to free up time and space, but I didn't want to abandon them. Uh, Also, some of my clients wanted to keep working with the, 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 the private sessions. So I needed to free more time. And to make it more complex, I wanted to work four days a week. So, <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you know, ha- recruiting that small team really helped, and recruiting the right clients for my coaching program that also really helped. Mm. It, it was so tempting at times. You know, I, I had calls, discovery calls with people who were hoping to work with me because they needed help, they needed attention. And they liked my energy. And I could see that it wasn't the right match because I wasn't the best person to offer solutions or to offer guidance for them. Um, Some of them didn't have a validated business idea or validated business happening at all. They They had just gotten fired and they were looking for inspiration, but it would not have been right 
for the rest of the group to add them to the group. So although it was so tempting, right, from a from a business, from a financial perspective, that would have been so tempting to say yes or to create a group on the side, but I, I wasn't ready for them. I, I just wasn't the perfect person for them. So I really had to keep my keep telling myself, you need to recruit the right clients, people that will benefit from you, not people that will benefit your wallet. That's just not fair, not to them, not to me. So that, that helped. <laughs> yeah. And what helps you with the mindset around delegating some of what you had used to have done in your business? Because I imagine as a um, workaholic and as someone who is um, so amazing at everything that you've done, what you needed to do to be able to have this four day a week and to bring on the group coaching and create space for more clients in your business was that delegation piece. So what really helped your mindset trust um, in the people that you were hiring and in your decision to do that? (laughs) Um, The whole time you were asking your questions, I just kept thinking, yeah, but I'm a total control freak. (laughs) (laughs) I'm also like a type control, uh, like a recovering a type control freak who doesn't trust Mm. anyone with the quality of the work that's got former lawyer stamped all over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. What really helped me was to see that I just wasn't the best person for everything in my business. And no matter how many online courses you take, no matter how many YouTube videos you watch, you're just not the best person at Mm -hmm. everything because your heart cannot be in everything. Yes, it's my business. It's It's my third baby. You know, my business is so important to me. But just like you cannot tend to every needs of your children, I cannot tend to every needs of my business. And for me, something that I was struggling with Although I I love communicating, well, I was struggling with the communications part in my business. I was struggling with the creation of content. I was uninspired. I would always find a reason not to write my newsletter. I would always find a reason not to go online. And when I did go online on Instagram, for example, I would just get trapped in the rabbit hole. And I would get out of there completely disheveled, (laughs) disheartened, and thinking, who am I? I mean, look at these people. They are just amazing coaches. Who am I to even pretend I could help out all these people when there are incredible talents everywhere? And I realized after a while that it was hurting me and I was hurting my business. So I looked for help first with the, the media, the social platform part of things. And... And then for the longest time, I wanted to have a very sophisticated business. So I thought that I should recruit someone that would create, you know, funnels and all sorts of complex cell systems. So I did that at great expense (laughs) on a program that did not sell well at all. It was so humbling, humiliating, actually. I spent a fortune with the person that wasn't the right match for me. But it made, me, it made my ego feel so good for the first while. You know, I was like, oh, I'm so sophisticated. Look at how much money I'm investing in that until I saw the results. And I was so stressed working with that person. Um, she had become the boss of me. And like the, the whole energy was just completely upside down. So uh, like any bad relationship, right? You just have to run out of it no matter the cost. So I paid myself out of it and learned a good, <laughs> a good business lesson. You don't need sophisticated. You need yes. 
the right person to help you. You you don't need something. Yeah, I mean, I'm not Amy Porterfield yet, you know. So I didn't know this. I didn't need the service for Amy Porterfield. I needed the service for Alexia, and I found that after. Yes. Yeah. And you know the fun part. The, the two people I recruited, they're actually my former clients because I got to know them. I got to know their business. I got to respect the way they work. And once it was the right time, I was like, hey, you know, would you be interested in helping me out? Because I've got to work for you if you want. And that's yes. been wonderful. Because we got to learn, we got to know each other. You know, it's again, like in a relationship, you know, you got to be friends before you get to uh, to move in together and become more maybe. So it was just the perfect match. I love that. And I'm a big fan of hiring people who I have supported, like my clients, because they understand your offers. They're on the inside of your business. They know what they want as a client. And so for me, they're the perfect people to hire in our business. Plus, they really believe in you and your vision. And for me, everyone I hire must be completely aligned with the vision for my business. If they're not, then there's just not, it's, there's no alignment. And so obviously people who buy in and invest their time and energy and finances into your offers are people who are sold on your business and your, and the, and the vision. And I just think that that is worth so much more um, in like, obviously the skills are important too, but I think that personality and that passion really does outweigh, um, if someone, you know, if you had two people who had kind of one had a little bit more skill than the other, but the other person has the personality and the passion for your business, then that's the person I would be going with every single time. Oh, absolutely. Skills can be, they can always get better. Um, the rest, the passion, it's it's innate, right? You you either have it or you don't. So, oh, I, mm-hmm. I, I agree 100% really. I love that. And there's two other things I wanted to touch on that you mentioned. And the first is, yeah, not needing to have these sophisticated processes and funnels and, and things that look polished on the outside, but don't actually necessarily contribute to the impact and the results that you're creating for your clients. And I think that it's really um, difficult for us business owners because part like part of what makes us great as business owners is the fact that we are like a control freak in some ways, right? And what I like to reframe that as is I'm someone who actually cares about my business. So I care if something doesn't look to my standards. I care if something goes out that I'm like, you know what? I'm not happy with that. And it's because of that commitment to our business and the fact that we care that we're able to have such successful businesses. But then there is the, it's, there's always the tipping point, right? It's about balance. Then there's this, oh, wait, if I have my eyes on a- absolutely every detail of the business, I actually also have only a certain amount of time and energy to contribute to the business. So if I want to scale and open up to more and also allow myself to work a four day a week or three days, whatever it is for you, then I'm actually going to have to let other people have their eyes on the business. And so the only way that that's going to work is by me trusting those people that I bring on. And part of that is having a spending the time to bring on the right partners. And what that's going to involve is trialing some people out and realizing, whoa, this doesn't work for me. So I would actually see the uh, partnership that you had with that person you were talking about before that didn't work out as actually an investment in the right partners that you ultimately found. 
Oh, that's so true. It, it was, I mean, I had to learn, you know, I had to learn that I did not need such people. I had to learn that I do not need to spend thousands or to throw thousands of dollars at a complex solution for my business to thrive. So in the way, in the end, it served me, but it was humbling. <laughs> Yes, beautiful. And um, going back to one of the first things that you mentioned, which was when you uh, were shifting to selling a new offer, which was the group program, that meant that you needed to learn how to sell that really. And first you had to sell yourself on that offer. And I think that this is something that a lot of um, business owners do uh, that comes up with their mindset when they're moving into a group is that same question of, well, like what? How how is this different to one to one? And what are the advantages of group versus one to one? And really spending the time to sell yourself on what you're offering and why you're offering it, and to see the value in the group program, because I think that we do have this belief that one to one and more time with us just means it's way more valuable, but we forget what a group program actually provides. So for instance, the reason that I moved my um, offers to group was because I actually saw better results for my clients across the board by having that collaborative energy with others. And especially for new business owners, and I would just say actually anyone up until six figures, I felt it was really, really, really amazing to um, for, for, for each person to see that they weren't alone, that, oh, this person has the mindset, the same mindset issue that I have. Um, Oh, actually, I can give this person a recommendation, but had I been trying to give myself that same solution, I wouldn't have been able to see it because my mind is just standing in my own way. So I actually found that it was of higher service to my clients to offer those group dynamics. But then I still had some clients who wanted only one-to-one and that was just their uh, their preference and I still wanted to support them. So that's how, like for me, my business evolved so that I would have a couple of clients, just a handful, a very small amount that I will work with one-to-one but my primary offers are my group spaces and I really see them. And I tell my clients when I work with them, listen, that one-to-one and my group spaces are no different in terms of like what you're getting in terms of the strategy, in terms of um, like the details of the offer. You're going to learn exactly the same things. The only difference is, is that you want more one-to-one support and it's not that you need it, it's that you want it. So if that's something you want, there is this avenue and option for you, but this is the reason why my main offer is the group. And I think that that's something that um, this is why when people think, oh, I'll just offer a group program like as soon as possible. And then that's going to open me up to so many more clients, et cetera. What we don't realize is that each offer is we have to learn how to sell that. So if you've learned how to sell your one-to-one, that's great, but you're going to have to now go and do the same thing. So if you do it too early, you're just giving yourself more work to do um, in the beginning to sort of essentially have two businesses going at the same time. So it's got to be at the right time. Absolutely. Yeah, you, you, you can't do it too early because otherwise you just don't have enough people in the group as well or you don't feel like the best person to serve them so yeah I I wouldn't recommend going in group coaching too too early but also don't wait too late don't be too scared to do it right (laughs) but it's not for everyone it's not for everyone Exactly. Yes. And that's such a great point, Alexia, because I think that um, we do look at what everybody else in the 
industry is doing and we think, oh, like the, the natural next step is to have a group program. But actually, if you love working one-to-one with your clients and you believe that that's the best way to serve them, then that like your strategy for your business is to continue doing one-to-one and to work out strategies that will allow you to continue growing um, with the one-to-one work. So, um, Alexia, I also just want to mention some numbers. So this group program, it also wasn't like a uh, like a course that might be a lower investment. It's a group coaching program. It was a 3,000 euro investment. And for your first launch, you had seven clients sign up to that. I know that we offered an early bird discount for um, some people at the beginning, but this was a high level investment for a group coaching program and your first launch you had seven people and that was like a really incredible result yes and you and you know how twisted the mind can be so I signed up those seven clients and I was so excited whenever each one of them would put their trust in my hands I just couldn't believe it I celebrated so much for each one of them you know I was cherishing them and and still I was like, but I want more. I want more. Why, why don't I get 70 of them? Or, you know, the, and it's just crazy, right? And as a coach, <laughs> you should know better, you think. But no, so it, it felt like a massive milestone. But somewhere, somewhere in my mind, somewhere in the dark side of my mind, I was like, huh, you could have done better, girl. So it's <laughs> hard for that little voice. But yes, it was just the perfect number for me because I learned so much from them, manage the energy of a group, give them my yes. full support without losing myself as well, because I give a lot and I had to learn to manage my energy so that I wouldn't be exhausted uh, after each calls that we've had. And I'm the type of coach that is, you know, always available. So they, they could send me messages. They could send me uh, like little things on Slack and all. And I always wanted to be available for them. And I had to learn to manage my energy. That was the big, big mm. thing. Yes, you can give a lot, but not to the point that you are exhausted, not to the point that you're not serving your other clients as well as you should. So seven was just the perfect number. It was very, um, it felt very reassuring from a financial point of view. It was very reassuring from a business validation as well, point of view. And and I still had room to learn without making too many mistakes with my first batch of clients. Um, yeah. And so now uh, I'm starting my second group. I'm actually opening doors now because we're starting in, we're starting mid-September. And, and I felt like it's, I feel like it's my first time all over again. <laughs> I'm nervous. Yeah. So, so at this stage now, like three weeks, almost between three and two weeks before we start, I only have seven clients who have signed up. So I'm freaking out. You know, I'm like, ah, you know, I should have more because this is the second round. And what if nobody wants to work with me? So I've got all these weird thoughts, like the scary thoughts in my little reptilian brain but at the same time we just came out of the month of august which is so quiet in france like you can hear crickets and that's about it um i've you know i still have two and a half weeks to sell the program so it's going to be okay and it's not zero it's seven (laughs) and and i'm not offering early bird this time um the, the the program is actually a bit more expensive I mean, I'm sharing all of that to, 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 to give our listeners a bit of an idea of the evolution of the, of the program, mm-hmm. you know? 
and and of what the impact, of course, on my business. So I've raised, I've increased the price by seven percent, so three thousand two hundred euro this time. No early bird discounts, but I do offer payments in several installments to, um, to, to if that can help people. Um, and the little tweak this time is that one of my clients suggested that I offer mixed coaching because she wanted to have access to the group coaching, but she also wanted to have some private sessions. And you know what? I would not have thought about that. And when she asked for it, I was like, yeah, sure, let's go for it. And three of my clients have actually asked for the same, um, the same kind of mixed coaching. So my clients helped me create a new new offer that combines my former two of or that combines two by two offers. So you know it's it's like soft pivot that that the clients have brought on for me, and it's just so wonderful. Yes, I love that. And we, Alexia and I were talking about this before we started recording, and I was saying what I love is how. Uh, willing Alexia has been to be creative and flexible and adaptable, right? So instead of her trying to come up with like new solutions, her clients have literally suggested these solutions and offers for themselves. And then Alexia's had a like a full body yes. If she had have had a no, then you would have responded in a different way. She's, she's had a full body yes, and a new offer has been created that didn't require any like um, planning or like controlling. It's just happened. And I think that that's so beautiful because that's how the best offers are born. They just evolve. Yes. And, you know, they really come from the source. They come from your clients. They tell you what they need. You listen and you see if that matches what you can offer them. And in that case, it was an obvious yes. I was like, yeah, are you sure? This is incredible. Yes, let's do it. <laughs> I love that. That's so good. And then they get the best of both worlds, which is awesome because you are already sold on your one-to-one program and your group program. So that's so easy for you to get um, behind too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the more trust they put in me, the more I want to show them that they're right, that they did the right thing, that they picked the right person. So oh, it's just, it's it's wonderful because it feeds my energy and then I can give them more energy. So um, it's it's actually perfect in my case. Totally. So I want to talk about two other things that you mentioned um, just then. The first is that thought, but like like always wanting more or this isn't enough that comes up. And what is so fascinating is that like let's let's go back to Alexia, like the version of you right before you um, launched the group program or maybe when you were first thinking about doing a group program. If that version of Alexia knew that she'd have seven people first launch straight away, I'm sure some part of you would have been like, wow, that's really awesome. And equally at the same time, it's it's like what Jess Lively, her um, her affirmation, uh, ha- what is it? Happy, thank you more. And so it's like part of you is like, oh, this is amazing. Thank you. This is great. And I'm always ready for more. But the difference is so subtle because what our mind does to uh, limit us, which is, you know, it's just doing its thing because it's scared about you actually getting all the things that you want. It's like it uses that end more against you where it's like, this isn't enough. And so the subtle mindset piece is to be so, to really celebrate and appreciate and be grateful for 
for exactly what you have that set like satisfied and at the same time be open and ready and willing and able to um, introduce more people in. And I think what really helps with that is knowing that you always get what you need. And that's really what I heard from your story, Alexia, because in that first launch of the group program, it's a high level, um, it's a high level, high touch group program, which requires uh, a significant amount of your time and energy. And so the first time of running something like that, like having more than seven clients or let's say even more than 10 or like five, like it, it'll be different for each person. Having the amount of people that you get is the perfect amount of people for like what you what you need at that moment, what you can manage at that moment. And so I always love to remind myself that I'm always getting what I need. And managing a group is totally different to one-to-one. It there is a um calibration process where you need to get used to actually what it takes to hold space for a group. So I think some people also think that I want to move into a group because that's going to be less of my time. But what we don't realize is that there's so much going on behind the scenes and there is a real up level in feeling safe and ready to hold more people. So you've got more energy there. And I know a lot of people are sensitive to energy or empaths, and it can be quite draining holding a group of people. So something that you need to work on is really developing your boundaries. And also, uh, and there's a lot of mindset around that. I know for me personally, as I've continued to, my, my groups have expanded, what I've had to work on is really how do I manage my energy? How am I making sure that I'm giving everyone everything that they need? But also, how am I not violating my boundaries? Because Alexia and I are probably pretty similar in this way. We want to give everything to our clients, but you can't give everything to your clients. It's just not practical. It's not reasonable. And it's also not in higher service of your clients because you you got to think about your journey with your clients as a long-term thing. You you want to give them what they need for now, but not overwhelm them with everything because actually there's a point where that's not of service anymore to your clients. So I think that that's just really important for everybody to think about here when you are moving into group work, doing it at the right time and really making sure that you're giving yourself this transition phase where you get used to managing the energy of a group. And then also being really happy for the people who do come in to the group space and being uh, ready and willing to receive more at the perfect time for you and your community too. Do you have any thoughts about that, Alexia? Oh, I I think that's so, so true, you know, and what resonated with me, especially is when you said that it it might not be the right thing to give everything to your clients. That's so true because you have a vision for them. You have total trust in them, but they're not ready to see that yet. They're not there yet. So you need to respect their rhythm. You need to respect their um, their own limitations, their own expectations. You can't push them forward. You guide them. You don't push them forward. And it's a fine balance, but you know, it's it's like the difference between being a pushy parent and a supportive parent. It's it's our job as coaches to be fully supportive but not to push people faster than what they need. It's just not healthy for them. Yes. And, you know, this is why we're coaches, right? We see the subtleties of our craft and our work. And sometimes and often it requires actually doing the thing, like pushing the client and then realizing, oh, 
actually, next time I would do that differently. I've just realized where I could have been a uh, better support to that person. And so I also just want to point out for everyone, you know, we're not here not to make mistakes. When you are, when you create an environment for your clients or for yourself where people can't make mistakes, you create an environment where people don't try. And so it's really, really important as business owners that we don't hold ourselves to levels of perfection and instead allow ourselves to try things, make mistakes, learn from them, and then that is what makes you such a great business owner and coach because you are taking the time and care to recognize the subtleties of your craft. And I think that that's really beautiful and special. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. All right, Alexi, I love diving into group programs because I feel like this is going to have been so helpful to everybody listening. I would also love to talk about a new um, challenge that you encountered during your business journey as you scaled from six figures to multiple six figures. And that is, and I experienced this too, we've had lots of conversations about it. Um, You're you were kind of shocked that suddenly your business didn't have the ups and downs that you were used to. Of course, that doesn't mean that there's no ups and downs, but there was this ease and um, space that you now had in your business. And at first, it really felt like something was actually wrong. Like at first, we're talking about it's a bit boring. It's a bit uninspiring. What is there anything you'd like to share on this topic? And what do you think also have been the main things that have helped create that ease in your business? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. And, you know, that was one of the most meaningful conversations I've had with you, MSC. And that's out of many meaningful conversations. But yeah, you know, I'd reached a point where I'd, I'd, I basically had all these milestones. I'd achieved those milestones. I had become a coach. I was no longer a lawyer, um, or to put it differently, I'd escaped the, the corporate world. <laughs> and I, I could pay myself a good salary. I had published a book. I'd published a book with the number one French publishing house. You know, although, I mean, on the greatest scale of things, nobody knows of me. Um, I, I had created a program I had reached all those milestones. I couldn't believe it. I celebrated. I was so, so grateful until I basically became blasé. I, I just stopped feeling inspired. And, and that's not good for me. I don't think that's good for anyone. But for me, it's it's really quite vital. Um, and I'm trying to remember this, this really great line from Sherlock Holmes. Uh, I think it's Something like my mind rebels at stagnation. And that is so true for me. You know, if things are not moving forward, then they are standstill and standstill is very, very, very close to death for me. And that's what it felt like. Nothing was moving forward. I was uninspired. I felt empty. And that was the beginning of my second coaching session. <laughs> yeah, my, my, the beginning of my second uh, series of coaching with you. And that was a lifesaver or a business saver to, to, to have you as my coach then again, because things started feeling too smooth. They were starting to be a bit repetitive day after day. Um, and in my, how would I call that? In my personal patterns, you know, that phase when things become boring because they are easy and repetitive, this is usually when I either start setting a fire to everything I've built to start something new, 
So, you know, when I was a lawyer, I would quit my job. I would move to a different firm, to a different continent altogether. Uh, when I was an entrepreneur or trying to be an entrepreneur, I would shut down the business altogether. So I would either start a fire or I would start diving into extra learning, you know, just to try and look for the new the new source of inspiration. But, you know, I kind of know myself by now. So I thought, uh-uh. I'm not going to do that this time. I know better. So, you know, that was between you as my coach and between that and my own self-coaching. I was like, nope, this time I'm going to get to the end of the boredom. <laughs> I'm going to give it time. I'm, I'm, I'm going to accept the fact that I'm not inspired. And yet I've got a business that's doing well. I've got people that I'm paying, people that are on my payroll. I've got clients that need me. So I basically waited it out and it felt like an eternity. But when I look at my calendar, that lasted for less than one month. <laughs> That's how ridiculous it is, right? <laughs> That's so time, funny. At the, at the time, I was like, oh, gosh, you know, oh, I, I, it can't be like that for the rest of my business life. And I, I need to move on to the next step. And should I be a mentor? Should I be an investor? And I had those great ideas, but none of them were inspired. I just wanted to run faster. You know, I, I wanted to get ahead of the race. And that's just not how it worked. Well, that's not how it works at all. So I waited it out for one full month. That felt very long. <laughs> and I just started receiving ideas. Um, one thing that I was missing so much, like we all do, like we all did, was in-person conferences, you know, I, gosh, I get so much energy for those conferences. You fly somewhere that you don't know. You go to a big city somewhere in the world. You get in a bit of a danger zone. It's an adventure. You meet new people that you have, would have never met otherwise. And I didn't really get that at all, of course, in, over the past two years. So I thought, you know what? When things get easier, when the whole COVID crisis gets a lot more manageable, always completely sorted, I want to organize such conferences. I don't just want to attend to them. I actually want to, I, I want to be one of the organizers. I want to create those conferences. And that gave me shivers. You know, when I started about that, when I started thinking, I was like, yes, this is it. I'm going to find like-minded coaches. We're going to do this together. And then, you know, I started really getting some feedback from my clients as well from the programs. So it's like, you know, before you run to the next thing, why don't you fine tune your programs with all the things you've been learning? So I started doing that as well, incorporating more of my various learnings from different great teachers into my signature program. And that wasn't easy. So actually, that actually kept me quite busy. So, yes, the big change this time for me was not to give in, not to give up, not to race ahead. It was just to give it time and accept to be bored, accept to be uninspired. And, that, that, you know, it basically was a plateau. I had been climbing all these hills. And before I get to the next hill, I just needed to camp for a couple of days. I just needed to enjoy the landscape. And yes, it's not exciting, but the view is still beautiful. Yes, it's not thrilling and exhausting, but you get to actually accept and realize how far you've come. And I wasn't really willing to do that. So I had to make myself accept that. And that was a beautiful lesson. 
Oh my gosh. I love the way that you've put this. It's so fascinating because I think the first, um, like the first couple of phases of the business journey, it, it is like you're on a roller coaster because there's so much new that you're learning. There's so much that you're trying, trying. There is lots of failures as well, because that's the only way to be successful in business. And so there's a lot, there's a lot of ups and downs and energy going on. And then once you fall on like your groove and you've got your validated offer and it's selling, you know how to sell it, uh, you're hiring the team, you've got like the core systems and things in place, like you know exactly what you need for your business now. Then there's this space that's created. So when you're someone who loves working and creating like we both do, and then you're so used to being in that building phase of your business where you're really building all the foundational pieces that will set you up for the ease and flow that you want. When we get that space, it's like, what do I do with this space? Suddenly it feels like there's something wrong because things don't feel as exciting and up and down as they did before. And what I've now learned is that space is always an indication that there's something new coming, that that space is an invitation for me to sit back to be in that unknown, to be in the sort of nothingness. And actually it's interesting because as we record this episode, this is the the full moon in Aquarius we just had. And the feeling and theme that I've had around this time of year is that there's been a it's there's been closure of especially emotional closure of significant chapters for a lot of people. And there's almost this like awkwardness because it's like, okay, things are feeling like like I'm not in the storm anymore, but I'm stepping into something new, but I don't actually know what that is. And because of that there, it's like you're in the void almost. And because of that, it feels really, um, it can feel a bit scary, but I now know that that is the time to trust and to also conserve your energy, to take the time to rest and relax because the next wave and the next inspiration will come through and you want to, you want to, um, to create a sustainable business. So you want to make sure you've got your energy ready for that. Um, and that's really what I saw in you, Alexia. And I think it's so interesting because actually a lot of my clients, as things have gotten really great, they've wanted to blow up their business. It either happens like just as things have, um, as things become a little bit boring because of exactly like you were saying, Alexia, with where you're at, but it can also happen right before something really big is going to happen. So sometimes you might have a goal and you might be like, that is it. I like, it's not here yet. My mind wanted it here by this time. I've given it more space. It's still not here. And then there's that moment where you, where you either blow it up and you're like, I'm going to quit or you surrender and you let go. And then the thing comes in. So I always see it. I now know that, okay, don't um, get carried away with the story that your client's telling you. Instead, just see that this is either right before something significant is going to happen or this is a time to lean back and enjoy the space you've created. Nothing's going wrong here. Um, There's no problem that that it's feeling boring and uninspired. It's just a waiting phase and that's totally okay. Oh, completely. And, you know, something that really helped me was actually – it was actually to, to 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 change the belief that I had. I didn't know I had it, but I did have it. I had that belief that being in, in the business of one, you know, being a solopreneur, somehow meant that I had to be small scale, that I, that I couldn't be um, financially thriving. 
I, I didn't know I had that in the corner of my mind, but I did. So I actually did big works on that. And I, I think that was part of the blockages, you know. I felt that it's not just that I was feeling uninspired. I felt worried that to keep going, to keep growing my business, I would have to hire teams of people. I would have to start having, I don't know, a multinational or something like that, where it doesn't have to be that. You know, you can be in a very financially successful business of one. And so I I did some, some reprogramming of my subconscious with that. I did some rewiring and that really helped. Um, And a second thing for me that helped me get out of that phase and to put, to, to, to take the backpack and put it back on my back and to keep hiking uphill to get to the next step was actually the fact that my husband decided to start his own business and was no longer, um, uh, well, was no longer a, a, a salarié, was no longer receiving a paycheck every month. So all of a sudden, there we were, two, two adults with two young children <laughs> with um, a loan to repay on our flats every month, uh, with schools to pay, with food to put on the table for four, and no real security. Um, and that, you know, that kind of gets you out of, of your um of that phase where you're like oh I'm uninspired what should I do next no you're like okay it's not what do I do next it's let's go and do this let's keep walking and that that was a really helpful kick in the butt really mm, I love that so what helped you to really trust there in that situation oh that's a very good question what helped me was I discovered the technique of, of psyche at the same time. Um, I was reading the, the, that book from Bruce Lipton. Uh, sorry, I, I read it in French, so I'm not sure I've got the exact right title in English. It's The Biology of Emotions, I believe. The mm-hmm. Biology of Belief. Biology of Belief, yeah. Biology of Beliefs, yes, by Bruce Lipton, Dr. Bruce Lipton. And it was, I, I had read it once already a couple of years ago and nothing came of it. I was like, mm, yeah, whatever. This time I read it and every page I was highlighting things, every page I was taking notes. And then at the end, it talks about Psyche, you know, this method that has been created by Rob Williams to reprogram your subconscious. And I listened to some of his conferences about it, some of his talks. And I was like, all right, this is it. I've got to try it. This is just what I need. Um, Because I could feel my intuition somehow I was very much connected to my intuition when it came to my clients, but when it came to myself, I was all closed up. So I thought, hmm, I've got to go, I've got to dig deeper. I've got to go somewhere. I've got to rewire some things, you know. Yes. <laughs> I, I had to go into the brain, go into the subconscious, go into the supraconsciousness and see what I could tweak, see what I could remove, what was not serving me any longer, and what could be replaced. And that was just the right time for me to do this big spring cleaning of my brain or of my subconscious. And really it's highly recommended for anyone who's quite um, cerebral like I am. This is a very good way to access the database and to, (laughs) to clean it up and to bring in the new version of your thought systems. Um, so that helped me a lot, working with some experts, psychic experts, to a point that I actually got trained. My, uh, like I'm doing the training 
I'm, I'm going to do the third part of the training next month. So it's, it's been an incredible uh, step in my life. And that was so inspiring. <laughs> See, I, I was reading my book and I opened a new door. It, it wasn't expected. I wasn't looking for a new technique. I wasn't looking for a new type of therapy. It just, it just happened. It just materialized in my life. I tried it. I tested it. The results were incredible. I loved it. And I integrated it in my, in my offer. And yes, and that was the gentle motivation that I received from the, the environment. You know, the fact that we are now two entrepreneurs. Well, it's just, you know, it tells you, no, don't give up on your business. Keep moving forward. You know, it's your third baby. You don't abandon it the moment things get a bit blah or a bit boring or too easy. No, you enjoy it. <laughs> you savor it. Your business baby. Yeah. You enter the space. Soon your business baby will be a business teenager. And that's not going to be funny. So, yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love it that it's when we have these challenges, they're always just invitations to help us with that next layer of what we can offer. And so we have to go through the experience with ourselves. We find solutions. And then that just means that we can support our clients as they go through those similar um, journey or oh, similar aspects of their journey. That's so beautiful, Alexia. And I also, what's really come through with what you've shared is um, commitment as well. The what to create, to be able to have that space and to be able to really enjoy what you've built. It's about like commitment is such a huge piece and it's commitment to the long-term journey of it all. Like um, what I really saw from your story is when you were bouncing around from jobs, um, yeah, running away. I was running, running away. away. Yeah, so you don't get to enjoy the like the fruits of your labor, and but this is what you're doing with your business. You're able to enjoy that because you're sticking to it because of that commitment. And I really see it's the same with like your relationship. The fact that you're committed to your partner, you've built this amazing life. Like the um, the people in our mistress mind are always just like in awe of Alexia with everything she's got going on and created with her life as a whole. And it's that's been the commitment piece, like your commitment to each other, your commitment to your family. And look at what the that foundation has then created for both of your businesses. Like we have to think about the long-term journey. And I have really been thinking about this with my relationship with my partner, our commitment to each other's purposes and giving each other the space and time to, so for instance, with me, like I built my business first and took that risk in my career. And then now my my partner is doing that while I have a really strong foundation in my business now. And it's that space that we give each other to like, to take those risks at the right time. Um, that only happens because of the long-term journey we we allow for each other, that long-term focus and vision. And I think a lot of us feel like everything's a rush and we've got to do it all right now. And that is actually going to create the reverse of what you want. Oh, completely, completely. And, you know, for me, my life started changing noticeably when I took the decision to stop running away from things and to quit on everything. I decided to keep running, but I would actually run towards new goals as opposed to running away from what I didn't like. And that oh. was such a massive shift. You know, I had this amazing man in my life and I, I just knew if I kept running away from the jobs I wasn't good at or the jobs that were not fulfilling me, I was going to lose him as well. And I wanted to, I really wanted to create something with him. I wanted to create something 
with him being myself. And gosh, I'm so glad I took that decision because really it's it's been night and day in my life. It's been such a massive shift. So yes, stop running away from, just run to what really serves you. <laughs> mm, I love that. Okay, I know that we need to wrap up. I'm going to ask you two final questions. The first is, so you've now built a six-figure business and you're scaling your business to multiple six figures. Is there, what what is like the number one thing that you would recommend for someone who is wanting to build, but take their business to six figures? And what is one thing that you would recommend for someone who's in that scaling from six figures to multiple six figures? Hmm. So, well, first, let me just very quickly open that by saying that I don't, I didn't actually notice that I had a six-figure business until <laughs> I looked at the figures with my accountant, you know, because <laughs> I had this, I was, I was serving law firms. I was, I was doing a lot of conferences where I act as a, as a moderator and that pays really well. Um, so, and because all my attention was really onto my coaching business. I wasn't looking at the rest of the figures as carefully as I should have. So that was really an incredible surprise when, when my accountant sent me the, the, the numbers and I was like, hang on, I'm officially part of that six-figure league. So that, that, that was a really nice surprise. And I, I do look at my figures, but I was looking at them from a micro level and not the overall figure. So, mm-hmm. and also just remember, okay, my income is not six figures. <laughs> it's that's what my business brought in. My profit, yes. Yeah, you mean yeah. Your revenue is not your profit. Yeah. Absolutely, I don't pay myself a, a, a six figure salary, um, not yet. And and I invest a lot of the money I make. So you know, you, you become you become financially more sustainable. Things get better, but because you keep investing, I was telling mm-hmm. you earlier, you know, you hire people, all that. So yes, it's you know, you get bigger, but you also have bigger responsibilities. So <laughs> so that takes us actually to my very first piece of advice: manage your financials, manage your money. Um, mm-hmm. It's great to. Re- Reinvest your money. You, I really believe, and I know you do too, but you cannot grow your business without investing into your business, without investing into the business owner, the business leader that you are. Um, yeah. You know, I, I see some, some of my friends who have started their businesses. I see some of my clients and they are so worried about money. Of course, I understand it. But every penny that they make, they want to keep it and hold on to it. And they're terrified of spending it. You just can't, you can't grow. I mean, it's not going to serve you to hold on to every penny that you make. You need to know what you're going to make with that. Why why did you decide to have that business in the first place? Why did you decide to have that kind of revenues? What do you want to use it for? So for me, that's all part of managing your financials, not just from an accounting perspective, but what do you want to do with that money that you're going to make, that your business is going to make? Find a purpose for it. That is so, so important. If you if you create money just for the sake of creating money, that's from an energetic point of view, it serves nothing. And from a practical point of view, it's just absurd. So find goals, find end goals for your money. And that's going to help you manage your finances so much better. It's just like when you're a kid, you know, you want to have, I don't know, you want to have 50 cents or whatever, because you really want to buy, 
a bag of sweets or you want to buy a magazine or I don't know what kids want to buy nowadays, but you have a goal <laughs> in mind, you get to that goal. And for me, it was just that. So I've been using the profits first method and yeah. that's helped me so much to have cool little goals for, for what I would do with my business money and with my income. So that, that was, that was pretty cool. So manage your finances and have goals, obvious goals for them. The second thing I would recommend is to stay away from the perfect business plan. It's just, mm. that's not going to work. In the end, when you're in a great position in your business, it will have nothing to do with your initial business plan. So stop stressing over business plans. Stop stressing over perfect Excel spreadsheets. It's in the end. Flexibility is the only thing that's going to help you achieve what's right for you. So, yes, uh, entertain an, a flexible mindset, not a business plan that is beautiful on paper, but that's just not going to serve you right. That is so so important. And trust, like believe me, that took me forever to understand that. I love nothing <laughs> pretty business plan that's got it all figured. It, life doesn't work out like that. It's just not going to happen. Okay. Keep it for your bank if you need to have a loan. By all means, give them a great business plan. But when it comes to your, like you know, when it's just a meeting between you and yourself, just give yourself some some wiggle room. That's so so important. And the third thing is just what I was saying now: have meetings, expansion meetings between you and yourself. You know, you mm. need to have micro a macro vision, M-A-C-R-O, before you start digging into the micro level, into all the details, you need to have a vision. And for me, I revisit that vision at least every quarter of the year. You know, what did I want to achieve this year? How far did I go? What has changed? Has anything changed into the circumstances or into my vision or my goals or my motivation or you know, maybe I have had some family drama to deal with that that took energy or attention away from me. So revisit those goals, not to excuse any shortcomings. That's not the point, but to make sure that you're always on track. And if you're not on track, understand why and make sure that you can kind of gear back where you want to be and see where you need help, see where you need assistance. That's so important. And you need to put in these times in your calendar, you know, at I used to be so crazy about having a tight calendar with everything penciled in. I don't do that any longer, but I do have those meetings with myself. I take myself to a very nice hotel. I get myself mm. a very nice hotel room in Paris, 20 kilometers away, maybe from where I live. Just <laughs> I don't bump into any of my friends from the neighborhood or whatever. And so I'm not tempted to go home. And I, I, I take 24 hours, to, you know, with a nice night at the hotel. And it's just time for myself. So it's a bit indulgent, but that's what you need. It's a business meeting, right? It's, it, it should mm -hmm. be a bit special. And, oh, and when that's you awesome. Yeah. And when you start having a team, then bring them in once a year, you know, to have a big celebration for the milestones as a team. And so that you all agree on what the next steps are, you know, financially, where do you want to go for the salaries? What would they like? Okay. So let's all work together towards that. It's co-development, you know, it's, let's all work towards those goals and what can we bring in? So that, um, I'm, I'm really a big believer in those meetings with yourselves but you need to put them in your calendar. Otherwise they'll never happen. 
So true. I love that. So Alexi, would you say you recommend these three things, like no matter what level you're at in terms of your revenue in your business? You know what? Yes. I I wish I'd started on that sooner, especially the financial management. Mm -hmm. And at first I didn't feel like I was a business leader because (laughs) it was just me. But hey, even if you're a solopreneur, even if you're a business of one, you're still the boss of you. You're still also your employee. So if you don't take the lead on your business, who will? So yes, by all means, start from day one, you know, have this, that's how you're going to scale. That's how you're going to expand. Yes. Take yourself seriously. Absolutely. I love it. This is awesome. Okay, Alexia, final question for you is just, as we know, this is the second season of the Mistress Mind that you were in. So we've worked together um, over nine months. Is there uh, anything that you want to share about how having long-term support with you in your business has helped you as you've continued to grow both as the CEO behind your business and also for the business itself? I've got many things to share actually because <laughs> having worked with you twice, gosh, that was the best business investment I've made, you know. Um and also, um, I started. I started with your coaching group at a very weird time, right? It was at the beginning of the very first. No, it was the end of the very first super strong confinement in France. Mm-hmm. I hadn't left the house in like three months, just at the time where I was pivoting. I was writing my book, and I was going crazy, not being able to meet any new person, not receiving that inspiration, not receiving those expansion models in my life and you were a breath of fresh air you and the people in that group gosh that felt good and especially that it was people from all over the world having we all have different businesses we all have different business models and yet we had so much in common Mm. and and that was just great that gave me that gave me oxygen that gave me inspiration that showed me so many examples of what I could have achieved. And, you know, it was like a sisterhood. You know, you, you, you see those amazing girls. You see that the talent that they have between, you know, the talent that they have between their ears, as we say in French, the talent that they have in their <laughs> hands. And yet they doubt. And it really showed me that it's, it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay. It's okay to show up and tell the others, look, girls, this month, I'm just not feeling it. This month, I'm struggling. I, I don't understand what's going on. And you know that they're strong. You know, you've seen them achieve incredible stuff. So you just want to step up for them. You just want to, you, you, you want to, to, to give them, to share some of your energy with them. And I love that. It, gosh, it felt, you know, the, the whole code development thing, the whole meeting new people. Mm. I mean, we never met in person. And yet I feel like I know them so well. Um, mm. And I cannot wait to meet to, to meet with all of them whenever we can start flying all over the world again. So yeah. on so many levels, you know, you, you basically saved me from the loneliness of COVID confinement, the loneliness of solopreneurship. Um, the group has inspired me to expand. You know, it showed me that I could actually grow my business without without leaving my the comfort of my company of one. I, I, I can expand with, and, and that's wonderful. I was so scared that it wasn't going to be possible. I can expand and work less 
you know, you in person showed me that it was possible. So, and also your my sanity, or not my sanity check, your my alignment <laughs> check. Every time I have a goal for you, I have to check that I'm fully aligned. And that that is worth gold. Mm. I love that. Well, Alexia, it has been so amazing supporting you and just watching you continue to grow and evolve and you're super creative and just an amazing business owner and leader. You've been an incredible member in our mistress mind. And also just personally, I have loved, love, love, loved getting to know you. And I'm so excited to continue um, deepening our relationship as we move forward and watching all of the amazing things you do. And I know that we'll have some collaborations in the future. I just think it has to happen between us. So thank you so much. (laughs) exactly thank you so much for coming on and sharing so deeply about your business journey I know that this has been really inspiring for people and I've really appreciated your frankness and you know this is what having a relationship with a coach and a client can be right it's just a beautiful conversation and from that we have so many discoveries about ourselves. so Alexia thank you where can everybody connect with you Mm, thank you so you can all find me on Instagram. You can find me on um, the handle. It's Alexia BB Co. Um, I'm, I'm sure we can link it into the show notes. And my yes. website is brightbrainsco.com. Brightbrainsco.com. And if you read French, then you can find my book, De l'art d'envoyer valser sa carrière. And I'd love to hear from you. And really a big thank you to you because you really do make our lives a lot more beautiful. So thank you for making that possible, really. Aww, thanks, Alexia. So there you have it, my beautiful friends. Once again, a big thank you to Alexia for coming on and sharing her time and energy with us all. I hope you have all gotten so much from today's episode. I know I got so much from the conversation and I know that this will really, really support you, especially if you have been looking out as I recommend at the top of the episode for how both Alexia and I are talking about our businesses and think about our businesses and what that can teach you about what your work is in relation to your own mindset. I also want to invite you all that if you would like to join any of my programs to support you as you build your business too, make sure your name is on the wait list. If you're starting a business for the first time, put your name on the wait list at create your beautiful biz or for create your beautiful biz at latisharange.com forward slash CYBB. If you are an existing business owner and ready to grow your business to six figures, please pop your name on the wait list for the holistic business mistress mine at latisharange.com forward slash mistress mine. And finally, if you have already built your six-figure business and you are scaling your business to multiple six figures and beyond, I have an opportunity opening up for you very soon. Just send me an email to Letitia at LetitiaRinge.com and let me know you'd like to know more about this opportunity. You'll also find all of the links to Alexia's website, her Instagram, and her own beautiful business offerings over on the show notes for this episode. I also suggest that you take a screenshot of you listening to this episode right now and tag both Alexia and I over on Instagram stories and let us know what resonated most with you. All right, my beautiful friends, I'll see you in our next episode. 
Hey, if you're ready to create your very own purpose-driven business too, I invite you to check out my online program, Create Your Beautiful Biz. You'll learn how to create a business that allows you to make your difference and thrive. Just head over to www.letisharange.com forward slash CYBB. Let's make creating a business beautiful. I'll see you there.